0: everyone to the very first podcast of Maine Cannabis with Meredith and Ann Marie. I'm Meredith and I'm Ann Marie and we're also mother and daughter.
1: We've both worked as nurses in the Veterans Administration healthcare system with over 40 combined years of experience.
0: One year ago we opened the Vetted Cannabis Dispensary here in Sanford, Maine.
1: I'm Vetted's nurse practitioner on site at the dispensary to help ensure that our clients receive the precision dosage that best suits their needs. I also issue medical cards and renew medical cards for Maine residents.
0: We're really excited about this podcast, which is not only going to cover all things cannabis in the state of Maine, but because there's also such a thriving musical scene here, we're including a Maine-based musical performance in every episode.
1: And that's one more reason for the well-known expression, As Maine Maine goes, so goes
0: goes the the nation. Alice McMahon founded and scaled multiple successful cannabis operations and is today a founding partner and operating manager of Medco in Lewiston. Alex started his career in the hospitality and management working in the food and beverage industry for several years before becoming involved full time in the cannabis industry. Alex is also the driving force, pun intended, behind one of the first cannabis delivery services in Maine, making cannabis accessible to nursing homes through snowstorms and to people with difficulty leaving the house. Another innovative program that Alice was involved in launching was the
1: Healing Community Food Challenge, which provided $100 in weekly grocery gift cards to a number of local families
0: struggling financially as a
1: result of the state mandates protecting public health and safety in the face
2: of COVID-19.
0: We asked Alice to give us the details of how this program came
2: about. Yeah, so the Healing Community Food Challenge uh, is the food drive that we kicked up Kind of at the onset of COVID, um, it was, so we as a company, we've always uh, tried to have a community-centric focus. Uh, It is, you know, our middle name, which we didn't really realize until later, but it's pretty fitting. Um, Since we opened, we've done, uh, actually, a lot of things with the community. Um, We've done uh, one of the bigger ones that we've done before the food challenge was, um, we actually support a um, agency that's in Lewiston called the Rest Center that is like a uh, sort of, it's for um, addiction therapy, um, but it's more so, it's not a rehab, it's more of like a safe space where people can go. Um it's here in Lewiston. We've actually been, we, we pay their, their rent every month and uh beyond that a little bit more. Um so we've we've contributed a good bit to that and we've always uh wanted to kind of branch out and kind of see what all exactly we can do for the community. We've uh donated a little bit of money to cancer research uh, because we like focusing on things that cannabis uh can be really helpful for. Um so when Covid started. We realized, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are out of work right now. There's a lot of industries that are really affected. Cannabis has been uh, kind of lucky in this one to be not affected as much. Uh, that being said, cannabis being a relatively new industry, we do want to sort of establish the industry as a um, you know an industry for the community. You know, people like buying local. People like uh, you know, cannabis that's grown locally. Um, and for those reasons, we feel like we do have an obligation as a cannabis company to put back into our community. Um, so when we first started rapping about the healing community food challenge, uh, it was actually an idea by a, um, good mutual friend of ours, uh, Bill Cody. So Bill Cody uh, sort of came up with the idea. He, he pointed out to us that, hey, you know, there's a lot of people losing their jobs right now. There's a lot of uh, hunger issues that are about to be upon our community. Um, we immediately thought it was a brilliant idea, um, leapt immediately into action. Uh, we actually went from concept to a fully rolled out program within a matter of like a couple of weeks. Um, we uh, worked with a few different agencies here to make this successful um so first off we teamed up with united way of androscoggin to uh, help us source families that are truly in need um so united way put us in touch with uh, over a dozen agencies that are right here in androscoggin county uh, including community concepts um, the ymca the ywca a lot of different social workers that have um, families that they work with directly that their programs are, are doing great things for, but also, you know, a gift card for some food once a week can be extremely helpful for these people as well. Um, so that was our first step, kind of making sure that we can establish a good relationship with the United Way so that we can attract families that could truly benefit from our help. Um, and then from there, we actually started up a conversation with the LA Metro Chamber of Commerce Um, for which we are uh, regional leaders. Um, They've been great to work with so far, and they hopped right on this one for us because a big part of it, there's kind of two elements of the outreach here. We need to secure the families, um, but then also we knew that we could magnify our outreach if we had other businesses participating. So... Medco up to this point, at this point, there's been about uh, $20,000 raised and um, contributed directly to the families. Uh, and when I said directly, I, I do mean the entirety of the capital that's raised is going straight to the families. Medco is eating the overhead. Uh, we do deliveries all across the state anyway. Um, so we're able to send gift cards out with our drivers uh, on a regular basis to hit these families that are in need. Um, And then, uh, yes, as I mentioned, Medco's carried a good bit of the contributions ourselves, And then we've had a lot of different businesses that have opted to participate. Uh, A lot of them uh, found us through the chamber and then um, they signed on. And then actually a lot of other cannabis companies have participated as well. Um, Really it was, the initial plan was we were going to run it during the state of emergency. Um, and then, of course, the state of emergency kind of kept getting uh, revived. Um, and so, uh, you know, at uh, some point we kind of realized that, you know, hunger's not ever going away. COVID, that may or may not, um, but hunger is something that has uh, been a part of humanity since, you know, for forever. And, you know, it's not going to, now granted while the hunger levels uh, across our nation have been going down and across the country have been going down, um, ultimately, you know, there will always be people in our community that can just use a little bit of help. You know, we're not trying to judge anybody. Uh, we try to make it as simple as possible. If the social worker believes that uh, you're in a place of need, then so do we, and, and we try to help. Uh, at this point, there's been, you um, quite a bit of organic reach out to us as well from the social workers so they've really gotten into the swing of things where they know if they have somebody they could use a little bit they can reach out to us and we can make it happen for them
1: hey jennifer lund of uh, friend uh-huh. jen and co of richmond maine we're just so grateful to have you on our podcast today jennifer um thank you yep we appreciate um Having you, but we were just uh, dazzled by your background, Jen. In that, you know, you're a nurse, you're a mother, you're a grower, you've opened a store, you're you're one of the matriarchs in the industry, and uh, would love you to share your story with us today. So please do. Great, great. Well, thank you
3: uh, for thinking of me, and um, I'm happy to uh, tell my journey if I can if I can do it well. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be perfect. I, yeah, so um, I started the cannabis business in 2010. Um, I had just become a new nurse um, out of divorce, and I'd been nursing maybe a couple years at um, Spring Harbor um, uh, Mental Health Hospital. I'm a psychiatric nurse, um, and I got involved in two t- 2010 just from literally my mom um, telling me that the cannabis had been passed medically And um, I think it was a 2009 vote, and she had mentioned to me that it had been passed on the um, ballot. So she thought that since I had a love of gardening and a background in nursing, that um, it might be something that would um, complement my nursing career. And um, coming from my mom, she um, became more progressive in her later life, so it was kind of... um, an interesting comment that came from her. And really, honestly, I only heard what she said and took it. And the next day or the few days after I just kind of jumped on this opportunity. I didn't really think very far into the future. It was just something that was said to me. And then I thought, you know, maybe she's right, you know, because I am a gardener. I'm a hobbyist by, you know, I was I I don't call myself a horticulturist by degree, But I call myself a horticulturist by hobby and and by design. Um, So I, you know, went at it, basically, just went at it from there. So
1: your mom was your inspiration. You had a background. Mm -hmm. And then what what happened next?
3: I started going to the meetings at the Department of Human Services, which were really small meetings at the time. Not too many people showed up, just a few lobbyists and other people that had been in the business since, um, earlier, like 1999, when, when actually marijuana has been legal medically for a very long time in Maine, I didn't know that at the time. So I just started going to meetings and just going up to Augusta and trying to understand, you know, how the, how this was going to take place in the state of Maine. I had no background, zero. So I knew nothing about you know, the laws or what had gone on in Maine or, you know, how any of this all came together. That's been the learning process for 10 years, honestly. So so it's a learn as you go. I mean, as you go, Mm -hmm. the learn as you go thing, it's not, you know, that that would be a barrier. That would be something that's hard because it's not something that, um, it's right you know it's 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 medical and then it's regulating as a drug so there's a lot behind that and there's daily changes all the time so what happens in one day might not be the same the next day and there has to be some flexibility with that understanding otherwise um, you know it can be very frustrating along the lines because the state has to change a lot of laws and, and they're 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 making changes too you know as the program progressed over the past 10 years yeah so yeah, but I would you know that would be a barrier that I've had you know is just the 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 slow you know progression of learning learning the laws. But yeah, so you know so that,
1: so in the last five years, what are some of the most memorable? Um, um, I don't know uh, accomplishments, um, defeats. Um,
3: you know. So or, yep. yeah, yes. So five years ago, we we opened, um, we moved uh, the grow out of my home into a into a, a bigger grow that one that we could afford. So that's always been a thing. We've never done anything that we can't afford to do. So we've always kind of started small as a small business. Who who's the we when you speak of we? Who who are we, the we? Is, yeah. So I I'm I started my own thing in 2010, and then in 2015 I brought on my business partner. Mm-hmm. And when we went into a bigger warehouse, just, mm-hmm. you know, because we were going into a bigger warehouse and I would need, I would have needed more help. So, mm-hmm. so we did that and that was 2015 and we moved into a, a bigger cultivation. Um, like I said, one that we could afford. And then we expanded our business out of there. You know, that was when we really became involved as caregivers and really picked up a bigger patient base and did all those things. So, that was big, and then um, uh, and then all the fast law changes that happened between 2015 and 2020 was pretty pretty progressive for the industry in Maine. You know, a lot of changes happened there. So, and then a couple of years later, we opened up. We had the opportunity to open up the retail front, and that we haven't really sat down and been like. Um, I always knew there was a vision and I always knew where I wanted to be, but none of it, it not all of it's been grateful. put it that way. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. you know a couple of years later I had the opportunity to open the retail front. I was sick with cancer at the time. We just took it on mm-hmm. overnight. Wow, you Let, know?
1: take a pause and, and tell us more about that. You, you were um, dealing with a very serious illness during this time as well.
3: I was I did. I, I was I had cancer, breast cancer diagnosis in 2018 and that was um a big news um because I'd had cancer that had you know progressed into my um, lymph nodes and that sort of thing so that was big news and it kind of set us all back but maybe a couple months on how we were going to reorganize the next couple years and and um knowing that my treatment was going to be a two-year long thing so
1: um
3: yeah. So we just kind of had to reorganize everybody's positions and what they were doing. My son at the time was working for a big dispensary in Maine. So he took over a lot of, um, the work and was doing, you know, evenings until late at night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody was working really their hardest when mm-hmm. I got sick with cancer. So, mm-hmm. and then we took on the retail front and that was just a beast. The, the retail fronts are a beast because it really is day to day law. Yeah. and making sure that we're not you know doing things incorrect mm-hmm. um that we're staying on it because uh, with the changes mm-hmm. and you know just the money and and, and the bookkeeping the and cash, dealing with the
1: cash industry the cash that, and
3: mm-hmm. the banks mm-hmm. and 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 learning how we can you know use banks or not yes. and all that with is really where we're at now. Those mm-hmm. are, those are more of the struggles of this, the day-to-day business, which is any business. It's like yeah. any business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know, and that, and that's the thing that people, that's another issue with, with marijuana is that people, you know, we, we really are a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we are first. And, you know, you'll, when you talk to a lot, there's a lot of stigma around marijuana, you know, just mm-hmm. that it's been a drug that's been bad in the past and mm-hmm. it's associated with a lot of other crime and stuff like that. Right. So one of the big things is just being able to talk about marijuana in as an industry and as a business mm-hmm. that's becoming more fluent and it's much better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But it, it is kind of segregated in our, in our, in our country, you know, there's areas where it's worse and, and the stigma is worse than it is in other areas where it's become more progressive. So, you know, there's a lot of different ideas out there about marijuana.
1: Well, do know that this was one of the reasons why we wanted to feature you is because of the stigma. And we thought that you'd be a, a leading female in the industry that could help to allay some of that. So certainly we thank you for that. And Jen, um, also take a minute to tell us about, you said you had a retail front somewhere. And um, where is that? We want to give an opportunity to give you a some advice. Some, uh, Recognition for all of your efforts, for sure. Tell us about Richmond. Yeah.
3: So the retail front is in Richmond and it's right off of exit 43. Um, mm-hmm. And we, you know, we were just lucky to have that uh, location come at us when um, we were deciding where we were going to be. And mm-hmm. and it just so happens to be it's right in front of our cultivation. Yeah, It was not planned like that. Mm-hmm. So we just had this opportunity to grab it. We took it. We liked the location. We liked the corner. So the store is there, and it's a medical storefront now. And um, we just rebranded, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a female-owned business and but not to be confused with like a female brand we are a brand we're not a female brand we're a female-owned business understood
1: and you have family members working with you some few all i do about that
3: yep yep i have um my ex-husband who i've known for since i was a little girl (laughs) he he is our site manager yeah um and he Grow hand. he does all the little extra things and all the errands and all the equipment and all the stuff that is important that I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And I can't. Actually, some of it I can't do. And then um, there's Jack, who's 31, and he is my actual business partner on paper. Mm -hmm. And then there's Kelly. Who's Who's Jack to you? He's my son. Oh, I see. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he's 31. And then there's Kelly, who's 28. And she's like, the, she's had dispensary and regulatory and, and medical background as well. She's running the store. She's the manager. And then there's Katie, who's doing the marketing and branding, which we've just spent a lot of time on the past six months on.
1: Fantastic. And Katie and Kelly are also your daughters, as I understand. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What an amazing story, Jen. Yeah. Um, so, um... I just think that, again, uh, this is hopefully just the first time and uh, hopefully you'll come and um, if not in person, you know, we can phone you again in the future to hear more about your journey. Um, I think as a female um, in the cannabis industry, as a mother and um, also co-owner with my daughter Meredith, mm. that we're, um, we're hoping to learn from you, you know, and um, we're grateful for you sharing your news with us today and we definitely will ring you up in the future.
3: Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. There's lots of things to talk about, so anytime time would be great. Thanks, Jen. Okay, awesome. Well, take care. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Thank you. Hey,
1: um, welcome, Sean Ramsey, a U.S. Army specialist to vetted, um, excuse me, main cannabis podcast with Emory and Meredith. And we're delighted to have you, Sean. Let me just tell the audience a little bit about what I know about you, and you fill in the rest. All right. Because you're just an amazing person from (laughs) what little I've learned about you, and um, you being a a veteran, a U.S. Army veteran, a cancer survivor, um, you've also been somewhat, I'll I'll use the term, a survivalist in Alaska. (laughs) You've been... also uh, a creative and clever cook, years of chef training and cooking training. And now you even have some thoughts about integrating cannabis into the food industry, which also just dazzles us. But can you start with um, your veteran status? What did you do? When did you do it? And um, bring us forward in your life.
4: I was in the army from 97 to 2004. Uh, I was short range air defense. What does that mean? We were Bradley-mounted air defenders with uh, shoulder-fired Stinger missiles. We provide short-range air defense for task force. And, wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. Where did you do your training for that?
4: Um, in Germany. I Germany, I see. Yep.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Wackernheim, Germany. Wow. Macaulay barracks. Wow. A place that most people have never heard of.
1: I haven't heard about that. Yep. And how many people were there at that barracks? About
4: 700 people on our post. We were Whoa. a small, one-unit rapid deployment post. and
1: Wow. Amazing. And you call that small 700 people
4: comparatively.
1: Wow. So keep going. And so you're a veteran and that's fantastic. And tell Uh, us more about your life.
4: Oh, I've been a chef pretty much since my first job. I started out working restaurants in the old port scrubbing pots at 16 and used my GI bill after I got out of the army to go to culinary school. And
1: Wow. Are you a Maine resident? I am born and bred? Yeah.
4: Born and benefited.
1: Woo. Wow. <laughs> even better. The story gets even better. Oh yeah. So keep
0: going.
4: Um then after I got out of the army, I like I said, I used my GI Bill to go to culinary school. Uh, worked in restaurants, uh, most a lot of remote lodges in places like Alaska and Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What
1: about Alaska?
4: Oh, I lived there for almost eight years.
0: Really? Yeah.
4: Well, took a lot of remote jobs cooking in gold mines and uh, up on the north slope in the oil fields in the winter time, cooking for the drilling crews. Wow, uh, yeah.
1: fantastic! So then your life progressed, and um, you had a health issue at one time.
4: Yeah, 2010, I had testicular cancer. Wow. Uh, yeah, I had surgery, had it removed, and had chemo for a few months. And
1: oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. How but do cannabis. you suppose all of that? How did you suppose all of that uh, came to be?
4: Uh, I th- uh, my theory is that it's related to my military service. There's been a study that I've read about in the Army Times recently that a lot of the posts are coming up with uh, chemicals in the water that are cancerous, cancer-causing, I guess you would say.
1: In the drinking water, in the leached into the soils, into the wells, into the...
4: all it leached into the ground, into the drinking waters and everything from uh, firefighting chemicals that they've used over the years for training.
1: Wow, awful. Yeah. So, so then um, you had some symptoms. You had a workup, and cancer was diagnosed. And then what happened? Yep.
4: Uh, then I found out on a Thursday, and by Tuesday I was in surgery. It was a oh. quick, quick process.
1: How old were you at the time?
4: I'm 44, so I was 34. Just yeah, just turned wow. 34 at the
1: time. Wow. Yeah. And so, what was that like? How symptoms? Scary. And-
4: I had actually didn't have pain. I just had swelling. Yeah. It was just kind of becoming a cumbersome getting in the way so yeah. i went to the doctor and i went at the to the er at midnight because i knew there wouldn't be many people there and the doctor sent me down for a sonogram and they uh came back in a couple of minutes later all sad faced and apologizing mm-hmm. oh, it's cancer and
1: i was oh, like come god. on god
4: like, yeah
1: oh gosh so. and then was there further treatment mm-hmm. was there after the surgery
4: yeah i had uh four rounds four big rounds of chemo they they thought i would be more uh, wow better off with a couple big with a few big rounds instead of extended smaller rounds and Uh it put me down pretty good but cannabis is what got me through it really chemo i was able to eat once in a while without chemo without cannabis i wouldn't have been able to my my gums my teeth everything hurt it was terrible and then i'd smoke and i'd be able to get a little bit of food down and keep it down
1: wow so Amazing story. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, Sean, and um, so w- we wanted to hear some more about you um, being um, a chef in this industry. Mm-hmm. So cannabis helped you through. I'm, I'm assuming there was some physician in your background that that recommended or yep,
4: uh, the doctor, the urologist that I dealt with for my for my cancer on my discharge papers. He said, continue cannabis use daily.
1: Wow. How about that? Yeah surely it's a pioneer beneficial. that that doctor was a rarity yep. because you know the stigma that existed back then and and even so today but mm-hmm. especially years past the stigma is enormous you know yeah. when you say cannabis people uh, once thought it it only referred to criminals and oh, yeah. uh, skull and crossbones
4: mm-hmm. i'm actually glad to see the they voted and are continuing to vote on legalizing it federally
1: ah so you're talking about the more act mm-hmm. which is the marijuana opportunity um Let's see reinvestment expungement act yes. which went before uh congress on friday mm-hmm. and now it moves forward into the senate however there's certainly to be an arm wrestle in the senate yeah but yeah. to your point um, it will uh, decriminalize cannabis which is wonderful and and even address some some criminals that are incarcerated it will reduce mm-hmm. their terms yeah. For me personally, as a nurse practitioner, I'm eager to see that the scheduling of cannabis, it's a Schedule yeah. One drug mm-hmm. equal to heroin, which means right. it has no medicinal effect.
4: Yeah, it has no business. There.
1: And you're living proof it has medicinal mm-hmm. effect. Absolutely. But this MORE Act would remove that. And once it's removed from scheduling, then it allows for the National Institute of Health or federal dollars grant monies yep. to infuse into research so there'll be human studies so we can study the effects on someone like you with testicular cancer how does it affect Absolutely. what does it do and in the long term you know it will help with dosing standards i mean yeah i'm, I'm like you i'm hopeful that the more act you know progresses through the senate and we have some positive action in that regard thanks for bringing that up sean wow i you're following the the politics behind it as well absolutely
4: yeah it'll make it accessible for a lot more veterans and the va will be able to prescribe prescribe it it. and uh, people's some people's uh criminal records that shouldn't have any charges on them can be
1: yeah, that'll be something. Yeah. And in banking as well. Absolutely, yeah. um, It's a it's a largely cash industry right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. cannabis is federally illegal. You can't bank it properly. Right? You can't yep. take credit cards. And so it's a real hindrance. But yeah. um, hey, Sean, before we close, tell me, what would you say to other veterans that maybe they are either debating cannabis use or, um, you know, someone that has a serious illness like you did? What would you say to those two parties?
4: I would say... Come to Vetted and talk to Anne-Marie because it'll be beneficial to you and figure out a plan for you because it got me through a lot between the cancer and PTSD, uh, the anxiety, the day-to-day, just trying to get out there and live life. It's helped me tremendously.
1: And do you use daily, would you say, every other day? So, I mean, it, it, it doesn't... You don't appear to be impaired today. So mm. it's not that you use to a dose extreme that no. is sedating or. No, no, no tell- it's,
4: uh, it's uh, just to just to get through. I don't need to walk around loopy all day. Just uh, micro dosing, I guess you would call it.
1: Yes, that's what I call it. Yeah. Fantastic, Sean. Yeah. We're so grateful for you to come to, um, you know, Main Cannabis Podcast and sharing your story. You, you are an amazing man. You're a survivor. You're, you know, as a veteran, amazing. Um, I'm hoping you'll continue to pursue, you know, the origins of that, um, your thought and theory about this oh, cancer yeah. that you had. And maybe it was a military-born illness, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and then your advocacy for others, sharing your story. You know, know that it makes a huge impact on others that – you know, haven't given themselves permission to try cannabis. Mm. Um, it's and time. Yeah, it's time. Definitely. So we thank you so much, Sean, you're thank an amazing you. guy. We thank hope to have you back again, too. I, I will be back if you ask. Fantastic. It. Thank you. That's it from Maine Cannabis. Bye now.
0: Brad Sloat is a native Manor who grew up in Auburn and was a tackle on his high school football team, the Edward Little Red Eddies. He went on to play four years of collegiate football at the University of New Hampshire, where he was an All-American. But Brad was always as interested in music as he was in sports. His passion for the guitar led him to form a band, Five Face North, during the 2000s, which toured throughout the state. When we started working on this podcast, we knew we wanted Brad to create our theme music, which you'll hear at the beginning and end of every episode. And as a special treat on
1: our first episode, Brad is performing the full version of our theme music, and he's doing it from his very own Man Cave, which is lined with his amazing collection of guitars, ranging from the Fender Stratocaster
0: to the Les Paul. The main music scene is especially vibrant, and we're going to incorporate local performances into as many of our episodes as possible. Oh, yeah. And
1: to start things off, here's Brad Sloat.
0: Well, there you have it, our very first podcast of Maine Cannabis with Meredith and Anne-Marie. We want to thank all of our wonderful guests, and most of all, we want to thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon with another podcast, and if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to be covered, or maybe you feel you have a story to tell, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at hellovettedmaine.com.
2: See See you you next time.
0: time.